Welcome to the Moms Who Money podcast, where every week we chat about all things related to money, mom life, mindset, and spirituality. I'm your host, Eileen Joy, and I am a money and mindset coach for moms, teaching you how to confidently go from living paycheck to paycheck to making money easy. Money doesn't have to be hard. It is possible to break the chains, and I'm going to show you how. Get ready to join the Moms Who Money. Welcome back to the Moms Who Money podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, and I'm so excited for you to meet Jeanette Mundy. She is a transformational leadership coach, and she has over 35 years of experience in business, leadership, training experience, and she has 10 years experience as an ontological coach, which is so mind-blowing and exciting. I can't wait for you to hear about that. And Jeanette coaches leaders and coaches to really just believe in themselves, develop themselves as authentic and powerful, and reaching their unique potential to increase their earning potential. Listen up, ladies. (laughs) With the use of the Being Profile tool, Jeanette gets under the hood of the concerns that women have to create deep and profound transformation. So Jeanette, welcome to Moms Who Money. Oh, thank you so much, Eileen. It's so great to be with you. Thank you for having me. I am so excited that you agreed to come on the show and provide this amazing value to all of the women that, and there are some men here, by the way, that do listen to the show, but maybe you can school them too. (laughs) So- (laughs) And Jeanette is, has such an interesting story to tell, and she has so much experience working with women and from such an interesting perspective. So Jeanette, please tell us how you got started doing what you're doing and how it's blossomed into what it is now. Yeah, thanks so much for that, Eileen. Yeah, you know, I start, it's interesting that I didn't finish school, and so... I actually chose not to finish school and went into teaching swimming. And my mother ran the swim school and so I became a swimming teacher and, you know, I wasn't doing very well at school and I think I was assessing myself as not smart all the way back then. I'd kind of been told that as a young person, you know how we've been told these things about ourselves and I took that on as the truth and so I was rebellious and all these kinds of things, yeah. And so... I took the what I considered for a very, very long time the easy way out and went and taught swimming. But actually, that evolved over 27 years of being supervisor, manager, and then a swim school owner. And then I was teaching teachers to be really effective teachers, to really understand what it is that these children are experiencing when they come into the swim school and they've got all these fears, and not only their fears, what the parents are experiencing as well. The parents were often experiencing their own fear, their own shame and their own anxiety about the anticipation of what was going to happen with their child and a lot of embarrassment and guilt perhaps that they hadn't had them taught swimming before and there was all these, you know. So I I got to understand that people in relationships run stories all the time. We're always in these deeper stories with ourselves and we're in these narratives that we're telling ourselves that we're a certain way and we've got these fears that we can't get out of the way of. I realised that actually I hadn't taken the easy way. That was actually a very big thing for me to do. So I was being a leader at a very early age and I wasn't, and coming, jumping forward now to where I am now, 
I got to this point fairly recently where I thought, huh, look at that. I've realised that my whole path has been shaped around this determination that I could actually do something in the world, that I could create an impact in the world. And I was just building, 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 building for that whole time. And so when I sold the swim school, I went, you know what, I'm what, I really don't know what I want to do, but I ended up landing a job in learning and development and developed programs. And that was really only because of what I developed in the swim school. So I took those transferable skills and went into organisations and then I was an employee and then I was a consultant and really working with a lot of learners and a lot of, and of many of them were men. So if you're a man out there, I've worked with lots of big groups of men um, in an emergency services organisation where they were really scared about learning new things outside of their comfort zone. And so teaching them what learning is about um, what training is about and how they can be really effective trainers and how they can build their own confidence was something that you know, I introduced. So I realized that that's actually my uniqueness. I've got this uniqueness about me that I wasn't really identifying and I was sort of diminishing myself. So um, now jumping forward to now, I work with leaders and so I'm working with people who are starting social impact movements and, you know, people who are in organisations that want to be a leader or people who are already leaders and want to be more effective leader, coaches who want to be more effective coaches. And so they've got the skills, these beautiful skills and ability to be the coach, but who they're being isn't really enabling them to sort of step into that space and own who they actually are. And sometimes we have to take ourselves on that journey and realise, you know, talk about our story and realise that, yeah, well, that there's something that's blocking us, it's getting in the way of that. And that's where ontology comes in because it's the study of being which looks at how we are being now and what has influenced how we are being now from our past. And so the being profile helps to get under the lid of that. Yeah, which is how so I- fascinating because mm. I, I want the women that I work with, they are dealing with a lot of childhood trauma that really affects so much of their life now. You don't realize it until you start to uncover it. It just lives in your subconscious. You're just operating in the way that you've been conditioned throughout your life. And then it just keeps stacking and stacking and stacking. And then you're stuffing and stuffing and stuffing, right? Once you finally have that aha moment of, oh, I need help. It's really, that's when the beauty begins because then you can start the unfolding and the unraveling and figuring out what is holding you back from Mm. being the true leader that you are as a woman. And I know just from my own personal experience and from the women that I've worked with too, it's like most of the people say, even me, it's like when, when you're a woman back in the day, we were told, be quiet look pretty and, you know, do what you're told, just be submissive really. And so we were basically told to hide our true selves and that what we felt wasn't truly important. And you kind of take that with you throughout your life and you hold yourself back and you play small. So the work that you're doing is so fantastic because you are helping women to really uncover all of that and to really help them to truly embrace who they truly are. I know some women come to me too, and they say, you know, I really don't like what I'm doing for my career, or I want to start something new, or I want to start something on the side, but I'm, 
there's nothing special about me. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not good at anything, you know? And mm -hmm. from what I just heard you say is that you really help people to uncover that. And to, you know, even from what you said from your own journey is, mm -hmm. well, I found my uniqueness. I didn't even realize it. I had to take a step back and really think about, well, wow, I'm really good at this. And yeah. look what you did. This is amazing. Yeah, thank you. And I think we do diminish ourselves and, and we just don't see that all of our life experiences has built up this collective group of skills and abilities, even in just being a, in being a mum. And I'm not going to, I'm just going to remove that word just because that is not a just Agreed. <laughs> mum, have you developed? First of all, I think there's an innate thing in women that there's this sort of instinctual thing about motherhood for women. But then we are thrown into motherhood and we're thrown into the world that tells us how we should be as a mother mm -hmm. and what it means to be a mother and how we should parent and, you know, all of these kind of, you know, layers of societal expectations on us, piled on us. On top of that, and so if we say, oh, we're just a mom or oh, this is just what we do, we're actually diminishing that we, what we've actually developed for ourselves over the years, and that is many, many varied skills, abilities, experiences, uniqueness, and even in the story that we have with our trauma, we've all had trauma to certain degrees. Some people, you know, have really, you know, quite significant trauma, and other people would not consider their trauma to be significant, but it is significant to them. And so I just want to share with you what my trauma was for a minute so that you understand that this is how I've carried myself through my life, which is that I was told at a very young age, I had this experience with someone that I've forgiven, so deeply forgiven, so there's no resentment or anything, but that I was told that I was stupid, but not just told, it was screamed at me. And so my body took that on and it, it guarded me, it, it guarded me against all of that. So I had spent my entire existence trying to either prove that I was smart, which I tried in so many different ways. I became a really great basketball coach, I, you know, and I, I actually took two teams to national championships, two age group teams to national championships. And it was a regional team, so it was quite good. We, you know, out of that, we wanted to get top eight. We came seventh with the smallest team in the competition. So the success was kind of stacking up, right? And there was other things, you know, like working in that organisations and really building big organisations and supporting them to develop their teams and develop their people. And I, gosh, and all through that time, I still thought that I was stupid. There was, it didn't matter that I was trying, trying. And but I was putting on this, I was swimming underwater so fast that because it was this kind of facade, there was this persona that I was being, I was trying to live up to this kind of persona. And I couldn't, it was so hard to live up to that in the end. So I had to drop the facade and become vulnerable and go, okay, right, this is who I am. I can strip all of that rubbish back and talk about my challenges and talk about my struggles and own that I had that narrative running in the background all the time for all, and still, it's still there in my body. But the difference is how I'm being with it now. And that's where your way of being comes in because no matter what you've experienced, there is an opportunity for you to become successful, to become yourself, 
to be your uniqueness and own your uniqueness. But if you're if you're still grappling with the effects of trauma or the effects of your life experiences, then you're going to you're gonna that's gonna hold you back. And and that and understandably so, I get it. You know, one of the things that I had to do for myself was bring forgiveness, bring an enormous amount of forgiveness because I just didn't think that I was good enough. But not only that, I was really living in self-judgment of myself constantly about who I was being and, and what I hadn't done in the world. My goodness, the amount of stuff I was piling on myself was crazy. So I had to bring forgiveness and compassion and love. And let me tell you, I did not know what love was for me. I did not know. And I, you too. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yes. It, it was sitting there as something that felt so foreign to me. Yes. And I remember I got through part of my ontological training and I went, oh my gosh, I don't have a body below my neck. And I was telling everybody in the room, I haven't got a body below my neck. And they were saying, and I said, I'm finding this hard to explain, but I have numbed myself. I was extremely overweight at the time. And I, and I carried that weight for years afterwards until finally, you know, I've released that, but that nobody below my neck meant, okay, I've had a coping mechanism here and I've shut myself down and I get that. And so, you know, we can see so many people and compare ourselves with so many people out in the world that look and feel successful. But I tell you something right now, each of them have got this story. Yeah, we all have our own stories and we all have our own limiting beliefs. We all experience fear. If you're human, you will experience it and everyone mm -hmm. experiences it in different ways. But just from what you just said, our stories are almost identical, just different trauma, but our ah. symptoms are exactly the same. Mm. It's, it's it's amazing how you can completely shut down and numb yourself from different events, but have the same symptoms. Because yeah. like, I, similarly to me, I was told that I wasn't good enough in different ways. I actually had a guidance counselor in high school tell me that I wasn't college material. And when I gave him my college applications to mail, he never sent them. Oh my goodness. And he didn't tell me. And we, all my friends were getting their acceptance letters. And I was like, why am I not getting anything? And I found out he never even sent them. And then I had a scramble to make it happen. But I also heard it from my mother and, you know, all different coming from everywhere. Mm -hmm. And same thing with the weight, like all of it, you know, all of it. And it's as if, you know, you make yourself not exist yeah. in a way, right? You just don't yeah. exist because you're not good enough for the world. Yeah. There's yeah. something that, that that is coming to me as you're saying that. And that is that people have a social responsibility to treat other people well and to not make judgments and assessments about other people and and they don't many people don't take that responsibility on they they do they just out there telling people all these things about themselves and so one of the things that I became very present to in my journey was well hang on a sec I shouldn't have a right to be indignant about that and so I started to develop this not this armoring up but actually going armoring down, taking it off and going, hang on a second, you had no right to speak to me like that. You had no right to treat me like that. And so this um, indignance in me really created a lot more motivation for me to, to change, to, to look within myself, because I recognized that I was collapsing myself. So we can have the experience, but then it's how we're, we're being with that experience. And so for many years, instead of 
collapsing myself, all of a sudden I started to go, okay, I'm going to stand tall. And yes, I can identify that I'm saying things to myself like I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough. I don't understand enough about money. I don't get money. You know, All of those things, all of those shame stories were piling on me. But I can, I can accept that they can come up because they can come up for all of us. But it's actually what I choose to do with them. So that choosing gives me the freedom that I require. And so one of the aspects of being in the being profile is freedom. Mm. So if we can bring awareness to those things, those deeper aspects of us that are kind of getting in the way of the things that we want to achieve, so we might want to run a business we might want to find our unique being. We might want to have more, um, you know, effective conversations with our partner or our um, boss or we, we might want to, all of these things that we want, but the deeper aspects of ourselves, what we really need to look at first because we're not going to get what we want if we're unpolished in those deeper aspects of us. What I'm hearing you say is really becoming empowered from within and setting boundaries for what is important to you and recognizing that you are important enough and you are enough in order to feel strong enough to create mm. the boundaries for yourself because that protects you instead of hiding. Yeah. So I want to introduce something, a notion that I don't know whether your listeners might have, you know, heard this before, but the expectations and the standards that society has for us and places on us are the barriers. They're the barriers. It's not, it's, that's what we've got to look at as well and look at, okay, what is true about them and what is reality about them? So we've got to go there as well. We can't just go within ourselves and put a boundary up. We can, yes, we can do that for sure, but that's not going to complete the picture because then we'll be putting the boundary up and then just still sitting with that fear or that anxiety or that assessment that we're making about ourselves underneath. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to go, okay, look beyond yourself and see what people are saying that is not necessarily reality, like bringing a child up in a certain way or, you know, you have to be skinny. There's such a big message around there for women, isn't there, about being skinny and being pretty yes. and being things, yeah? But if you don't look at those things, if you choose to ignore the reality of those things, then you're going to disempower yourself in choosing to ignore that reality. And so I think that's very important as one of the things that people can do is to say, look, um, and, and that's not necessarily just all of a sudden going to release trauma or all of a sudden going to change everything for you. But if you start to inquire into those things rather than sitting there accepting all of the things that society is saying and then you can experience if even if you do feel shame or even if you do feel anxiety you can experience it slightly differently from that viewpoint exactly in these times that we're living in everyone's reality seems to be different because no one's really living in real life everyone's faces are stuck in their phones my son is 11 i'll take him to the playground or to a museum or somewhere where we go we go to the science museum a lot and most of the time the parents aren't even paying any attention to the kids. They're just standing there on the side on their phones, not even interacting with each other, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone's reality is different because it's whatever's on your phone. 
and everyone's social media feeds are different. Everyone's likes and dislikes are different. And people like all these, some people just read about politics and then they're fighting with people all day long, you know, with their debating <laughs> and all of these things. And then, you know, there's all these taboo topics that people try to avoid, but yet they're on their phones. They're not, you know, yeah. it's just fascinating because once you actually put the phone down, and you stop comparing yourself to the rest of the world because most of the reality that you're seeing isn't even real. Most of the photos you see are filtered or fake in some way, or you only see the good things because most parents don't say, oh, my, my child's having a meltdown right now. Here, here's a video of my child having a meltdown. You know, it's like, here's us eating ice cream and we're smiling, you know? And it's like, all you see are the things that people want you to see in the way yeah. they want you to see it. And so you don't really know what's really reality. And so this helps to just mess you up even further because you have your own internal dialogue going on of what things should be and what you're supposed to be and what re and what society wants you to be. And then you're seeing all these other things that, you know, who knows what's true. And so mm -hmm. everyone's just so confused right now. And so I'm always saying, put your phone down, take a minute, self-care, go inward in a good way and really like ask yourself, what do you want? Like yeah. what's really important to you? Because all that other stuff doesn't matter, No, you know, cause that's, what's messing all of us up and, and keeping us small. Yeah. Right. And then we have amazing people like you that help people to come out from that and really say, well, okay, so all of these things happen to you. So let's figure out how to forgive and how to give ourselves some grace and some compassion so that we can find that inner beauty of ourselves and our inner being our, and empower ourselves to be the Wonder Woman that we are. Yeah, absolutely. So it's such a beautiful way of saying that because if you can't peel back all of those layers, if you don't yeah. peel back those layers and then you don't look inside yourself and forgive yourself and have self-compassion oh my gosh the relationship with you is so massively impacted um and you can't ever see who you are uniquely you know I think that we just underestimate ourselves hugely and even if we do want to pivot or change direction or you know try something new or we we really want to make an impact we can see there's an area of society that we want to have an impact in even if we see that if all of those layers are just squashing us down and they're getting in the way of that expression of ourselves that we won't see how we can be uniquely an offer in that area oh i want to do this but I want to yes. do that. I'm a, and here's the other thing. If we label ourselves like we're an introvert or we're shy or we, you know, we can't possibly speak on a podcast or we can't, you know, do this or that, that's when all that labeling does is it keeps us where we are. So, yes, we might prefer to go at the end of the day and recharge our batteries. We might be quieter than the next person. We might speak with a softer voice. We might... Um, have a particular conversational style, but none of that matters. None of that matters. If you are being you, 100% you, none of that matters. And I think that I hear these this all the time that I'm a certain way. And so we're kind of fundamentally labeling ourselves as something. But those labels are what's getting in the way of that expression of our uniqueness. Yeah, that just becomes your excuse. Yeah. And what keeps you playing small. Yeah. And you keep yourself hidden 
And it, it, what you were saying earlier is I can't do that because, or that I'm this way, but I can't, you know, and it's always the, but that's mm -hmm. the excuse. It's like en enter excuse here as to why I can't become a, the leader that I'm truly meant to be. Yeah. It's really interesting too, because the difference between the person who will step forward and do it and the person who isn't going to step forward and do it is the choice they make. Always. And that choice might be that, okay, look, I'm holding myself back. So I've got to figure out first how not to hold myself back. So there are, so let me tell you, over the last 10 years of my coaching practice, I have been a serial course person. Same. I don't know whether you relate to that, right? Same. So many courses. So I'm always I'm, taking a course. <laughs> courses and programs and all these yes. things, right? Yes. Because I need the skills to do this and I need the skills to do that. And because, of course, for somebody who says to herself, who has always said to herself, oh, I'm not smart enough, I always need to prove that. And then everything has to be perfect. Yes. Right. And right. And so I go and I get all this knowledge. And I'm, you know, I'm probably tick number one in the course that completes everything and tick, do this, do that. But yeah. you know what? At the end of the day, I cannot apply any of that if I am being with my fear in an unhealthy way. Agreed. And so that's what I discovered along this way is that there have been so many times over this last 10 years of being a coach that I have, you know, had success, but also there have been times where I've just, tried all these different things that haven't worked and I always came back to me yes. and who and how I was being. So I think that's maybe something for people to consider is that, you know, you're going to continue to go along and, and work on the outside, all the strategies and the tips and read all the books and, you know, all those kinds of things. They're great, but really commit to you on the inside and then you will see what life can be like. We have to heal ourselves from within many, many, many times because it's not just one thing, you know, like there's, like we were saying, there's so many layers, right? There's, I know that my onion layers, I have, I'm like the biggest onion in the store, right? And I'm still unpeeling these layers, right? From my childhood and from my adulthood even, you know, it's like once you decide right? Because it's all about the decision of saying yes to yourself, right? And investing in yourself because you are your own best investment, right? So mm. if you're going to invest in anything, I say this every, like every day, if you're going to invest in anything, invest in yourself first, because you are your own best investment. Because without your health, you have nothing, you know, and your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And I say this to my son all the time, and we're constantly talking about it and how I want him to have a healthy growth mindset. And it's so important, especially for children, because I know just from my own childhood, from what you were saying, is you were told you were stupid. And, and I was told not in those words, but similarly, I, nothing I did was ever good enough. So it was the same. And I was constantly trying to prove myself, you know, are you proud of me now, mommy? You know, never like it was, no, you're not good enough. You know, and it was just always that so many people struggle with the same thing. So you go throughout life trying to unpeel the layers of the onion of the I'm not good enough. And it always comes back to I'm not good enough every single time, but it's every knowing time. that that's what's coming up and knowing how to really embrace that for yourself and how to get yourself through that every time, because every time you will be able to tackle a fear that comes up, another one comes up 
every time or every time you level up, then you you tackle these new fears and it always comes back to I'm not good enough for whatever reason. Yeah, absolutely. And and here's here's a notion for people to to grapple with. Have you ever not had a fear? Have you ever not felt anxious? Have you ever not been vulnerable? Because the thing is, we're, we're never not those things. We've, we've, we're, they're primal to us as humans, so they're going to be there. And so that's the first thing that we want to accept is that they're going to be there and they're going to be getting in your way all the time. And so when we can accept that, then we can be at peace with them. But what we really want is peace of mind inside. We want to feel that peace of mind inside. So if we're always fighting against a fear and trying to push it away, or we're fighting against this voice that says, I'm stupid or I'm not good enough or I'm not this enough. If we fight against that and we try to push that voice down or away, we say, no, we can't have that voice. It's not there. No, no. Guess what? It will always just keep bouncing back at you. Mm -hmm. So it's accepting that that voice is going to be, it has the potential to be there in any circumstance in your life. Anything that comes up, any situation, any anything that you experience, it has the potential to be there. And then it's just yeah. how you Yeah. So what would you recommend then for someone who is just starting to recognize this and saying, you know what, maybe I am worth it. Maybe I I should move forward and help myself. Like what what would a first step be for for them in the decision to move yeah. forward? Yeah, see who they see what they want. What's their vision? What do they really want? Look first there. What would if you could have a choice? What would you want? It doesn't matter where you are now, but just look forward and say, if I had a choice, I would be doing or being X Y Z. And then have that vision for a little while and sit with that vision because if that vision's there, then you can guarantee that that's that's because it's it's part it's trying to bring up part of your uniqueness, trying to tell you something. So listen to what it's trying to tell you about yourself and about where your place is in the world, where you're meant to be. And so if you can start to see those things for yourself, and even if you don't believe them right now, just remember that if they're coming up then there's a really good reason for that. It's trying to tell you, hey, hey, here I am. There's this uniqueness about me inside and I want to burst out and share that with the world. Yeah, if you're feeling the nudge, right? If there's there's like that nudge saying there, there has to be, there's something more for me. And you and it keeps coming back, then you know you need to you need to embrace it. You need to move forward and really wonder what is that? Why Mm. do why do I keep feeling this way? Right. And what do yeah, I want is always the best place to start. What I want, yeah, and I think yeah. accepting that, that 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 is a part of who you are. That you that's yeah. actually your uniqueness. If you can just keep that in front and center, that's my uniqueness trying to come through. And I'm just not wanting to see it because I've got all these layers of pain that I'm hiding behind. Then you can start to go, oh, hang on a sec, hang on, maybe there's a chance for me. And so yeah. then it's going jump, do the inner work. After that take the chance, do the inner work. You know, when I was 38, I remember my my um, my father was telling me, Jeanette, Jeanette, oh, you know, Caroline, she's the director of a company. And I said, and like, it was this big surprise to him that this woman could be a director of a company. And so I was at that point, I was a little bit indignant and a little bit, a little, a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. Right. <laughs> 
It was a long time ago, but I was that. And I said, yeah, Dad, women can do anything, you know. And he came straight back at me and said, oh, don't you put yourself in that category. Wow. And so I put my hands on the desk and I was about to jump across the table. We were at a reunion. I was about to jump across the table at him and launch at him. And I almost, and my sister's sitting next to me and she said, Jeanette, 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 don't do it. It's not worth it. And my daughter's on the other side holding my hand going, it's okay, mum. It's all right. It's okay. Mom. You know, so it was, it was just such a moment in time. And then yeah. I kind of went, oh, there it is. It's always going to be there. He's always going to think this way because he's coming from a particular paradigm that women are meant to be this way, skinny, pretty, and talented and they're meant to you know and that's the only way that makes them worthy and and then on top of that he's come across some woman that's you know had this um your success and he's gone wow women can have success too so it was almost like a new paradigm for him to even consider I had to over the years I slowly learned that okay well this is not anything to do with me this is everything to do with his way of seeing the world. So I have a choice in how I relate to myself and how I relate to him. And so by the time he passed away a couple of years ago, I was able to just completely and utterly forgive him, but I had to forgive myself first. I had to have compassion for myself that I'd been judging myself based on his standards all these years. And was I willing to forgive myself for that? Yes. That's part of the journey, isn't it? It is. And I went through something similar with my father as well he comes from a very similar generation and he was always like the woman does all the housework and I am the king and you need to serve me kind of thing. And my mother also worked full time. And so she would come home from work and then she would be expected to do these things, but yet she let it happen because she also yeah, grew up in that time. Same with right? my mom. Exactly the same. She let yeah. it happen those things yeah yeah so then I grew up knowing that okay well that's just what you do and then I was always like this sucks like I don't live like this you know but my I was very I was a very overweight child and my father would always say boys aren't going to like you because you're fat and he would say that all the time and so I still hear it in my head obviously you know I still think about it you know boy I look in the mirror boys aren't going to like me because I'm fat and you know it's you believe these things because first of all it's your parent right? You, it's your parent. They're they're supposed to be your safe space. You know, so I I can totally relate with wanting to launch over the table. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I said to her years later, you know, you shouldn't have stopped me from doing that. (laughs) I really want to launch. (laughs) But anyway, look, you know, that was just a funny conversation that we had between us. Yeah, I, I think that um, the world is changing and we un- understand and recognise that the world is changing, but in many ways the world is still the same because we're still hearing those same messages through our social media, through the mass media. They are there telling women who they should be, what they should look like and how they should eat, drink, whatever. So there's all these conflicting messages. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you've got to step on the scales and be this weight. You've got to be this strong. You've got to be. It's confusing. It's so confusing. Absolutely confusing. Yeah. I know. I know. We get all these mixed messages, but yet at the end of the day, all that matters is what you want. Yeah. That's really what matters. Yeah. There's one of, you know, women are important. And when they start seeing that, my God, goodness. Watch out. Yeah. Watch (laughs) out. There's a force. There's a real force. It, It is. It happens. And 
I see it in my practice so subtly. I see it. I don't see it as this big, wow, look at that. I see it as a as a as it processes, as it evolves. And so for many women, so I think that's why I couldn't for myself identify my only uniqueness because I hadn't been looking at it from that perspective. I was looking at it that it has to be some big wow moment and here I am now. It's not actually the reality. The reality is that we, like you were saying earlier with your onion analogy, we're just constantly peeling back each layer of that onion. You know, everything, just things become more available to us in that process. Well, I noticed that we are starting to run out of time. So is there anything that you wanted to discuss that we have not touched on yet? We, We all have these paradigms. We all have these gender narratives. So even the men that are listening, they're often coming from this, you know, masculinity that they've been told that they have to be a certain way. Of all of that is that we're all human having human experiences and those experiences we can really embrace our experiences and say wow we we are part of this universe and um, what is the opportunity for me to go in search of what might be there for me where I can contribute to this universe in a way that's unique and that gives me meaning and purpose. And this is not just for women, it's for men, it's for everyone and all different, you know, there's a lot of, you know, the LGBTQTI community as well. Whoever you are, you're human. Mm -hmm. And so we need unique humans in this world. The world needs that on a a scale. If you look at the world and the way things are going in the world at the moment, and there's so much pressure and there's financial pressures are enormous on people now because inflation is so, I don't know about there in America, but here in Australia, inflation is massive and, you know, cost of living is extremely high. And so for people who are really, you know, battling with that. So what we need is for humans to awaken. Yeah, be that unique human. Express it like a flower. So a flower is unique. A plant, a tree is unique. And they grow in the unique expression of themselves. So if I can leave that analogy with humans that are listening to this today is that express yourself like a flower would express themselves. Grow, don't wilter. Keep growing and then toe in the water and go okay maybe I can tip my foot in there maybe I can now go in and wade and I can swim one day at a time I love that well I want to ask you three quick questions and then I want you to tell everyone where they can find you and what offerings you have available but three questions so since this is a money podcast what is something that you've splurged on recently and why I splurged on a holiday you is that a splurge it, it was. It felt like a splurge. Okay, so I splurged on a big holiday for my 60th birthday. Ah, how fun! Yeah, it was so much fun. And while I was there, I splurged on dinner and lunches. And um, what else did we splurge on? Did I? Ah, oh, I bought some items of clothing while I was there. That sounds fabulous. The <laughs> whole, you know, 14 days going woohoo! Look amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I splurged on. We took family and we took, it was great. great. That's great. All right. So what is something that you're saving for now and why? Ooh, okay. What am I saving for? Your next vacation. (laughs) I actually am saving for my next vacation. I love traveling. And Mm -hmm. so my, I am married. I've got a husband. I mentioned that earlier, but I do have a husband, a wonderful husband. (laughs) 
him and I love to travel. <laughs> He's not insignificant, but he just never, he doesn't always enter these conversations. Understood. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, I've got three daughters too. Uh, anyway, so we we love to travel. So our next European holiday is what we're we're saving for at the moment. That sounds wonderful. All right. So what is something that you're grateful for today? I am grateful. I'm always grateful. I'm grateful for conversations. I've had two really wonderful conversations this morning so far, and I feel so grateful for opening up uh, a conversation around the human experience. I always really feel gratitude when I'm in these conversations. I'm I'm grateful for you. Oh, and I'm grateful for you. I like these conversations just light me up. Like mm-hmm. I just get so lit up. I, like it's almost my bedtime, and I don't even want to go to sleep now. Now I want to go take a walk or just something. <laughs> another special tea and then one right. exactly <laughs> well thank you so much Jeanette this was such a pleasure I loved our conversation today what's the best place to find you and what what is a, a current offering that you have right now that you want to offer the world well I've got a website so it's JeanetteMundy.com I'm offering at the moment I'm doing a lot of one-on-one coaching jump in and do some one-on-one coaching with me um, I have a program that will be coming up. Connect with me because then you'll see what's coming. Perfect. Um, I will put all of your links in the show notes. So they'll just be there and everyone will be able to find you. Perfect. I just loved our conversation. So everyone, yes. please go check out the show notes. Go check out Jeanette's Instagram and LinkedIn and just go follow her, sign up for her, her workshop that's upcoming and just dive in. Jeanette's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Eileen. So are you. I well, love the work you. It's so important to help women around money. Thank you. <clears throat> so everyone take a screenshot of the episode today and then go ahead and tag both of us so that we know that you listen to the show and we will give you a shout out and share your tag. So thank you so much and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, please share on your social media and tag me at Eileen Joy Money Coach so I can see which episodes you're loving. The only way this podcast grows is by you sharing it. Please rate, review, and subscribe down below. See you next week.